all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. And I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Joining me today by Skype, I have Dr. Fiona Lewis. She is a registered dietitian and plant-based chef and founder of the She Did That Food brand. And we're going to be talking about fruits and vegetables today because June is is National Fruit and Vegetable Month, and it all, June almost snuck away from me without doing a show about my two favorite things, fruits and vegetables. So if you have a question about why you should add more fruits and vegetables to your diet or how you can do that, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 You can also send us an email fit at mpbonline.org, or you can hop on over to my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie, and interact with us there. And I do have several um, emails and Facebook messages that have come in today that we will get to, but we can always take more. Good morning, Fiona. Good morning, Josie. It's a, not a beautiful day today. Not really, but we actually need that that to get our gardens going so that we can get our fruits and vegetables, right? Yes. And so yesterday, (laughs) I waited all day long. Like I normally water my garden in the morning, and I waited all day long because it had forecasted rain. Right. And it was all the way to 7 o'clock, and it had not rained. And my poor fruits and my poor veggies, they were looking droopy and sad. And I thought, well, I guess it's just, it's not going to rain. So I watered. And then what happened five (laughs) minutes later? (laughs) So apparently that's how you get it to rain. You water your garden and then God says, here, have some more. So um, so there you go. So I didn't have to water this morning and it doesn't look like I'll have to water this afternoon. And that's okay. That's, that's free water. So we'll, we'll call it good there. And I think my vegetables like, uh, rainwater better than they like my garden hose water anyway. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. So right. uh, tell us about She Did That Food. Um, it's a culinary uh, brand that is part of my larger culinary nutrition and wellness brand. And basically, I'm focusing with the She Did That Food brand the she, um, just to empower uh, women, teens, and girls to help them uh, wherever they are on the spectrum of plant-based eating, which translates to eating more fruits and vegetables, whole grains, nuts and seeds, beans and peas. So any sort of, um, whether it's 100% plant-based or somewhere along like a flexitarian, just to help them in their cooking, 
help support them in understanding why it's important for their bodies and of course um to provide some sort of empowerment because one of my um quotes self quotes is that women teens and girls who are empowered to um nourish themselves they actually nourish their families com their community and a generation so um it's pr pretty much nutrition education and cooking um education around plant-based eating and it, it's great. You've got a website and a YouTube and all these other different kinds of things. And you've had a really cool project going that um, I've gotten to participate in as well as some other great folks called the Virtual Community Kitchen. Tell me about that. Right, right. Well, when COVID hit, um, it kind of put a damper on my business plans because I had all intentions of having a, a um, and I still do. Um, a storefront where I could build out the cooking and the nutrition education concept in a way that would be entertaining and educational. But when COVID happened, um, I just was inspired to, to, to switch it around and, and get a little virtual. So it was a steep learning curve. But anyhow, um, the purpose of the project, and it's still ongoing until um, otherwise notified, but um, it's basically to bring us together as an online community around plant-based cooking and eating. So every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, I either myself, I'd be cooking um, through Zoom or Facebook Live, or I have a guest like yourself, whether it's, it's a health professional or doctor like yourself, or one of my chef colleagues, or, or anyone who is interested in plant-based cooking, they have a favorite plant-based recipe or a cultural recipe that they um, th that's close to their heart that they want to uh, share with others that can be adapted to be a plant-based recipe. Um, that's what we typically do from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And, you know, I think it's, it's fun because we come together as a community, but also if somebody's trying to learn how to cook, you have the advantage of be, being able to ask the person who's cooking all the questions you want. Yeah, no, it really is cool. So you've had, um, I know you've had a chef from New York do uh, a couple, because that's where you went to culinary school. So you've right, had, um, right. he's done a couple. And then you've had um, the chef from Fauna Food Works right. do, do a couple. Um, and then you've done some. And then, then there was me, the non-chef in the group, who uh, managed to not burn anything down or cut any digits off <laughs> while I was live on the internet um, cooking. But it was so fun. And, you know, I think even when you're able to open uh, you know, the actual storefront or teaching kitchen that you're planning to do, the virtual aspect really engages folks who would never feel comfortable enough to, you know, go into an actual teaching kitchen and learn how to do things, even if they're not cooking with you during the class, just watching and learning. You know, you challenged me to um, take something that was kind of part of, my culture or, you know, something traditional that I had growing up and then turn it plant-based, you know? And so, um, I'm from Carrollton, which is right on the, the hill, right before you get into the Mississippi Delta. So we had a lot of, um, a lot of good food, uh, growing up and, you know, thinking about what 
was one of the really iconic things. It was hot tamales. You know, we eat hot tamales a lot in the Delta. There's lots of little food stands. And so I really had to put my thinking cap on in turning those into something that was, was plant-based. And it absolutely was a blast developing that recipe and then getting, uh, getting to share it. Um, and so what's the name of your YouTube channel? Because all of the classes that we've done so far for the virtual community kitchen, they're up on your YouTube page, right? Right. right. So across the board, my website is shedidthatfood.com. The YouTube channel is She Did That Food. Uh, Instagram and, and Facebook is She Did That Food. So um, all the videos, I guess, are archived on YouTube. They're archived on my uh, um, website. They're they're also posted in my on my um, Facebook page. So um, and I tagged you on yours. So yes. yours should still transfer over to your um, your your Facebook page. Yes, absolutely. And um, you know, you over on Healthy Habits with Josie, you can get to that stuff as well, um, as well as outtakes. So um, <laughs> I, I have some lovely uh, <laughs> photo outtakes of my tamale class. Um, we, we have another friend who's a registered dietitian who participated and uh, snapped unflattering pictures of my facial expressions that I made during that class. So, um, you know, what are friends for if they don't take embarrassing pictures right. of you while, while you're on, on TV, so to speak? So, you know, there you go. So um, when we come back from our first break, I want to really dive into um, some of the email and Facebook questions that I've got. Uh, related to fruits and vegetables. Now is a really great time if you do have a question about fruits and vegetables to go ahead and give us a call. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 But of course, we're not limited to just talking about fruits and vegetables today. If you have general nutrition questions or health and wellness, um, we're happy to take those as well. Um, email is always a great way, fit at mpbonline.com. Org, uh, as well as, again, my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie, is a great way to interact with me there. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at UMMC. Joining me via Skype today is Dr. Fiona Lewis. She is a registered dietitian and plant-based chef and the founder, founder of She Did That Food. And we are celebrating the tail end of June uh, and National Nutrition, uh, not National Nutrition Month. Dang, that was March. Uh, <laughs> National Fruit and Vegetable Month. Same deal. I'll talk right. about food. 
so if you have a question or a comment for us uh, about nutrition or fruits and vegetables, we're happy to take that. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring And we do have a couple callers on the line, so we will go straight to those and talk with Joe this morning. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joe. Hey, Josie. I have uh, hey. been through many gar- several gardens, but this year we don't have a garden, but we I got into a I'm not sure when I got bitten, but I got bitten twice. Uh-oh. I went to the doctor. I've already been through 10 days of antibiotics, uh, Keflex, and then a, another period of a week uh, of just seeing, just seeing, okay, because this is a, it creates, okay, these are spider bites, and it could be, I've been told it could be a hobo spider, it could be a black widow or a brown recluse, and then they, they just look, and we go on the Internet and we look, and we mm-hmm. uh, look at the behavior of um, of all those spiders from people that have posted the uh, YouTubes, and then um, this um, this lesion has gone to dry, it dried back up. Okay, so we must have gotten the right treatment. The center of it was a white area, and then it was an expanded red area around it. Yeah, I did mm-hmm. press on it to get uh, material yellowish to come out, and I was told don't do that because wherever you press. The venom then can reach that area because the venom has the ability to um, migrate through the body's wall-off mechanism, shall we put it. Okay, the doctor said wall-off mechanism, and, mm-hmm. and he told me about pimples and things. Okay, then this, and then I got bit on the left foot, left leg between the knee and the ankle, and that's the one that sort of stings, hurts this morning. And mm-hmm. my friends tell me, go again to the doctor. And so I'm going again to the doctor after I talk to you. And I just know that you can get bitten. You can pull back in the garden. There's web, and it may not happen then. It may get on your clothes. You take it home. You take your clothes off. You go to sleep. You wake up. Put your clothes back on. Maybe you should put on fresh ones. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. And then you have this. It'll look like maybe something that's an ingrown hair or something, that kind of a thing, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. and it hurts. And it just doesn't go away like an ingrown hair. And that's sort of the way it began. And so I think I've got another little one. It's not as bad as the one before because Mm -hmm. I've done much cleaning. And that has also helped everything in the room out, clean it all out, okay? Really, the bed needed to be turned over. It it hadn't happened yet, but that's going to happen too because this is such an inconvenient thing. Because it's some kind of a venom or something, it, it activates the immune system, and it doesn't go away as quickly as a pimple. But it looks yeah, like absolutely. A pimple. So the okay. first one's gone away, and now you have another one. Yes, ma'am. I have another one yeah. that hurt, and it will, it hurts uh, in a way that the other one did, and um, mm-hmm. it looks a little bit different. It's not as bad, thank goodness. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad you're going back um, to get it looked at because. You know, when when we're bitten by something, whatever it is, you know, even if it's poisonous, not poisonous, you know, those different things, it's going to initiate an immune response. And so that's why we and inflammation and that's why it usually gets red. Um, sometimes it gets warm around the area and it swells because part of um, the inflammation is that the, the vessels around that area get a little leaky to let some of the products in them kind of get out and get to working. And that's also one of the reasons you'll see that kind of yellowish or whitish material because we've got more stuff going to the area to fight that infection and so you start to get some you know some cellular debris and that kind of goo um in there and so um what you know becomes a problem is if our body can't fight it off 
or it starts to spread and those kinds of things. Um, and, you know, the doctor sometimes has to open it up for you uh, and get those things out. Up, that, you know, that's, not touch go ahead. It. But I, I said, y'all open this up. I, I asked them to. I asked the nurses to, and they would just back away from it. And then I asked the doctor to. He said, we're going to, they're going to clean this, and we're going to put a bandage on it. And they gave me two shots, probably a, a steroid and also some sort of antibody. Some rocephin, probably. And, um, uh-huh. That's probably the shot. And then I went on 10 days of Keflex and got yeah. through that. And then just a period of, and now that one has gone back. It's slowly, slowly shrunk back. Yeah, Which is the right medicine. Keflex is great for skin infections. $160, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I hope it gets better. Thank you for giving us a call, and thanks for those tips to make sure that you absolutely check your clothes and your room and all of those different areas before you, you settle in after being outside. I hope you feel better, Joe. All right, we're going to roll on to the next caller. We've got Floyd today. Hello, Floyd. Good morning. I've got a question about the, the supplement turmeric. I put it in my smoothie every okay. day. And I'm reading an article this morning said the active ingredient is curcumin, and it needs black pepper added to it for it to be effective. I was wondering if you could shed a little light on the black pepper part of it. Absolutely. Fiona, you want that one? Um, so, though, that's a fact. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. You are you, correct. You are correct. But in terms of the mechanism off the top of my head, I do not... Um, I do not know why that is, but you are correct in, in, in both that you, you should do the turmeric with the black pepper. Yeah, the black pepper, to my knowledge, it increases the absorption of the curcumin. Um, so it just makes makes you uptake it a little bit easier. So absolutely. And I put um, turmeric in, in lots of things as well. Um, you know, I make a a, a lovely, uh, well, I'll tell my husband it's scrambled eggs, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's not, um, it, it's a tofu scramble. Right. Um, yeah. But I add uh, turmeric to that because it makes it yellow and it makes it look like eggs. So if you see my husband, don't tell him cause he thinks he's eating eggs. So, um, but yeah, absolutely. So turmeric or curcumin, um, it is uh, a nice addition to lots of things. It has some anti-inflammatory right. yeah. properties to it. Um, I usually also do uh, what's called a, uh, a golden latte or a golden tea. Uh, if I'm feeling like I'm getting, you know, a cold or the sniffles or, or that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if it's all in my head, but it does seem to at least help the inflammation in my, my sinuses calm down a little bit and be able to breathe easier at night. And it's really just um, turmeric and black pepper and ginger um, in, in some warm uh, almond or soy. Okay. I thank you for Black pepper in with my turmeric. Right. I thank you. So I can just add some black pepper in with my smoothie. Is that correct? Yeah. Just a, just a pinch. You're not trying to make it spicy or taste like black pepper. You don't even really taste it, but just a little pinch in there. Okay. Right. Thank you. That was a great call there. So, uh, Fiona, I've gotten a couple of email questions, um, and one of them kind of links into what we've talked about a little bit, which was gardening. Wow. And someone uh, sent me a message and said they wanted to start gardening, but they didn't really know 
what to do or how to start. So I know how I recommend people start. Do you have a way that you recommend people start gardening? Well, yeah, because I'm not, you know, a, a, a farmer gardener, but, but starting with a window box or some, um, some just regular pots, planting pots, um, old containers that, you know, they can get good drainage from and um, just herbs, tomatoes, lettuce, bell peppers, string beans, and cucumbers. Those are like the easiest to grow. Um, the other thing I would recommend is using heirloom seeds because that's what I do in, to avoid the, um, the non-GMO aspect of um, growing. Um, just to do some heirloom seeds of those uh, foods that I talked about. Herbs are very easy to grow. Um, basil, thyme. Thyme is really hardy. You know, once it, when, once it starts growing, it's kind of hard to control it sometimes, some varieties. But um, herbs is, you know, a good place to start. And then the other vegetables I mentioned or fruit. Yeah. So I, I agree. Herbs are where I usually recommend people if they've never gardened before. Right. You know, if you have never dug in the dirt and put anything in it, right. then herbs are kind of where I recommend people start because they're so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I want people to get kind of set up for success, so right. to speak, you know, um, and, and feel a sense of accomplishment. And so um, this year in my garden, I have basil, which has just flat exploded. I mean, I, I texted you the other day. I was like, what, what can I make with all this? You know, there's so much, so I'm getting creative with what I can uh, do with basil. Uh, but so I've got basil, I've got thyme, I've got rosemary, I've got parsley, I have chives, and then I have orange mint. Um, and really the, I, I didn't choose that for any particular reason, other than that's what I could get my hands on when, um, when the pandemic started and it is prolific as well. Mint uh, is another one of those herbs that just grows and grows and grows. It sure does. And, and it, it will take over. So the, uh, my second piece of advice when you're, if you're starting to, to do a garden and container gardening is fine. I, um, that's normally what I do. I have a raised bed this year. I took it one step up this year. Um, is planning where you're going to put things Um, and thinking about what things grow tall and what things don't grow tall and what things need full sun and what things don't need full sun. Um, You know, uh, that mint is just uh, invading the social distance of its neighbors. (laughs) It (laughs) It is not staying to its little square that I have going for it. Um, and it's in its raised garden. And so, um, but it, so it makes great ground cover. It also makes great filler in other mm-hmm. containers if you're needing something kind of low um, in the plant. But, you know, it's not going to grow high per se. It's more going to spread out oh, along yeah. the ground. Uh, whereas tomatoes are going to get kind of high. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, we generally want to plant gardens facing south so mm-hmm. that they get if they need full sun so that they get the full range uh, uh, of the sun during the day. And you want to plant things that are going to get taller toward the back of that so that they don't tower over uh, the things in the, in the front. So my tomatoes are in the back and then also think about things that are going to trail and climb. So I have Mm -hmm. cucumbers and I have zucchini um, and my cucumbers, 
neighbors I have going up a trellis and they have taken over their neighbor's trellis as, as well. And they are, are just growing and growing and growing. Um, so think about those things when you're, when you're planning them out, but just start, you know, even if this was with one little thing, just start, uh, and have fun with it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm using it as an opportunity to teach, um, teach my kiddos, that food doesn't just come from the supermarket and the yep. restaurant that somebody had to put something in the ground to, to make it, make it go. Okay. Um, you know, you can also go down to the Mississippi farmer's market and you know, there's ton or a farmer's market in your area and talk with those farmers down there. Uh, you know, if they have different uh, ways that they garden and ways that they farm and any tips or tricks that they have for you um, there but it's a fun little activity and I look forward to seeing my little plants every morning and saying hello <laughs> to them. And, and I've been saying hello to the bees lately too, cause I'm thanking them for pollinating. Absolutely. I watch them go, I watch them go in one flower and then out to another. And I go, thank you for my cucumbers. You cute little bee. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and incidentally, we, and you know, you can find, incidentally yeah. you can find the heirloom seeds, um, at the local farmer's market, some farmers will have, um, heirloom seeds that they're selling. Absolutely, that's fantastic. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio, and I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me today is Dr. Fiona Lewis, and we are talking all about fruits and vegetables today in honor of National Fruit and Vegetable Month. If you have a question about nutrition or fruits and vegetables, we are happy to take that call today. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464. You can also hop over to my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie, and interact with me there. And we actually did have a question just come in through um, through Facebook, and it ties in to uh, one of the other questions I had gotten, which was how many fruits and vegetables should we be eating a day? And this question says, I eat lots of veggies, but no fruit is this okay? And so I think we can kind of combine those two questions together and talk about how much of these things we're supposed to be eating a day, Fiona. Sure, let's let's go for it. So according to uh, the Dietary Guidelines for American, which the guidelines are supposed to help us prevent um, nutrition-related chronic, chronic illnesses. So 
two cups of fruits, uh, two and a half cups of vegetables, and um, that means variety, especially with the vegetables, dark green, leafy vegetables, red and orange vegetables. Um, in, the, in that category is also legumes and, um, and some starchy vegetables like um, sweet potatoes with the skin and so on. So two cups of fruit um, and two and a half cups of vegetables. And so, you know, we often see the campaign out there that's like choose five or five a day, you know, those kinds of things. And so that's kind of based off of of that, right? Right, right. I mean, serving is about a half a cup. Right, right. Exactly. You'll see five to nine or five to seven and and basically the same thing. So in terms of serving size for fruits is half a cup, for dried fruit is quarter cup. And for fruit juice, it's actually a quarter of a cup. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a little lick of juice. Right. You know? <laughs> That's just to wet the palate. But yes. um, and then in terms of vegetables, it's one cup raw and half a cup cooked. Yeah. And so, you know, what what I encourage uh, people to do when I'm working with them in turn, you know, one on one in lifestyle medicine is to kind of step back and think about what they're actually eating, mm-hmm. right? Like how much they're, they're currently doing because, oh, oh, excuse me. Yeah. If, um, if you're not eating any fruits and vegetables, which some people yeah. don't, you right. know, um, for, for a variety of reasons, but you know, if you're not getting that and you hear the, I need five a day or I need, you know, two cups of fruit and two and a half cups of vegetables a day, that can seem very right. Uh, daunting, right? Yeah. To go, I don't know how I'm going to do that, right? Yeah. So just kind of being able to to go, this is where I am currently. You know, maybe I currently have um, two servings of vegetables a day and that's it. Then start to make a goal of, of what you want to do. And it doesn't have to be from the two that you're eating now to, to five. You know, let's just say, how can I get one more serving of either fruit or vegetable in, into my diet and then write a plan from there. Right. And so it doesn't mean that we stop there. You know, uh, if we're able to do that successfully, then, you know, write another goal. Um, if we're not able to do that successfully, then kind of brainstorm about, you know, what kept us from being able to do that, but to, to piggyback around onto this this question, is it okay not to eat fruit at all or just, and just eat veggies or what are we, what are we missing if we eliminate fruit? So if we eliminate fruit, we are going to be missing some potassium, um, that's in honeydew, oranges, apricots. We're going to be missing some vitamin C because we find those in berries, um, citrus fruit, um, beta carotene is, you know, cantaloupe. And so we definitely will be missing out on some vitamins, um, key vitamins that we need for our immune system and just for regular staying healthy and, and, and so on. So um, it's advisable, you know, um, to eat a variety of fruits and vegetables. So I'm, I'm never, I never tell people to eat what they don't already eat. If they're allergic to a particular fruit, um, then don't eat it. But if, if there are fruits that you can eat that you have never tried, um, then go ahead and try one, whether it's the fresh version or the frozen version. So, for instance, if it's a fresh um, peach or it's a frozen 
um, peach that you throw into a smoothie or um, you make like a, a peach cobbler or something like that, just go ahead and try um, a new fruit in a different form and, and, and give it a try. So no, I don't know. It's not okay because that's not, <laughs> that's no. not a valid way of eating. We were looking for balance. Yeah. Yeah. And you can certainly get, you know, potassium and vitamin C and those things from vegetables. Right, uh, right. We'd have to be a little bit more intentional, right. intentional about at making sure we add the, those uh, different foods in, in particular, thinking about things that are, are, kind of blue and red and orange, um, right. you know, and getting those in there. That's why berries are one of the things I recommend uh, people add in if they're not big fruit eaters, because right. you can get them uh, fresh, you can get them frozen, and then you can even get them freeze-dried. Like, I love freeze-dried right. blueberries. I just throw them into, you know, my morning oatmeal. They're shelf-stable, and that way you get a little serving of berries in there. Right. All right, let's go over to the phone lines and talk with Sherry in Madison. Good morning, Sherry. This is Sherry in Meridian. Hey, oh, I thought it said Madison, but Meridian will work too. How can we help you today? I am currently living in a neighborhood that is a fresh fruit and vegetable produce desert. And I wanted to know if you have any suggestions as to how to get a fruit stand or someone that has a fruit stand in the neighborhood. I'm living in North Hills. Okay. Hmm. Off the top of my head, I do. So you're looking for someone to come to the neighborhood? Any suggestions would be positive. We have okay. just Dollar Generals and Dollar Trees, no real grocery store in my immediate neighborhood, and no public transportation at the okay. time, of course, you know, due to the virus. Right, absolutely. Um, sometimes Dollar Tree will have some fresh fruits and vegetables, not Dollar Tree, uh, Dollar General, uh, but not all of them do. Fiona, do you have any recommendations on that? Um, I, I do. I have to um, have, I, I would say, have you reached out to them as a group, as a community, asked uh, um, the vendors in the community to um, to possibly offer fresh fruits and vegetables because you are their customer. So if you demand it and, you know, you, you uh, actually purchase it, then maybe that would be a good partnership to get started. The other suggestion would be um, to reach out to your nearest local farmer. And the one I would suggest is... Um, footprint farms because they do um, produce boxes and they do have the ability to bring um, those produce boxes into your neighborhood so I would reach out to footprint farms and also ask um, the, the current vendors in the neighborhood if that's something they're willing to, to do for you thank you thank you so much you're welcome, you're welcome. thank you for giving us a call today and you know Fiona um, I think we should also talk about the fact that um, frozen fruit and vegetables is okay. Right. It sure it absolutely is. Um, frozen frozen fruits and vegetables are picked, generally picked at their peak, you know, peak of ripeness, and then they're flash frozen, so to preserve all the nutrients there, and they're um, for three to six months, they're good. And um, there's generally no added sh sugar or, or salt. So we still get the benefit of the nutrients that are in the fresh fruits and vegetables. The only thing is that in terms of when I'm cooking them, you know, I can't use them the same way as I would use a fresh um, vegetable. But they certainly are, uh, are good for particular reasons that we just heard um, 
or call or talk about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we gotta we gotta do the best we can with what we have. And you know, when we're picking frozen fruits and vegetables, you know, look for things that are not packed in syrup. Because right. uh, that's going to have added sugar added to it. So just either packed in its own juice or or water and then, or just flash frozen so it's not in anything. And then from the vegetables, just be careful that they're not coming w- with a sauce on them. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times they'll have a butter sauce or some kind of mm-hmm. cheese sauce on them, that kind of thing. Not that you can't add flavorings to your, <laughs> for, to your veggies. You don't have to just steam it and eat it, although it's delicious that way too. But you want to be able to control the amount of things right. that you you add to it you know if you're gonna um add butter to your veggies then it's better to be able to control the amount that you yourself add and as well as the amount of salt that you add because most of those sauces are going to be very very salt um heavy there so don't be don't be afraid of those frozen uh, fruits and veggies they they will work just as well especially for things like soups stews and and uh, smoothies uh, that's how i love to eat my frozen fruit that way i'm dr josie bidwell associate professor of preventive medicine and nurse practitioner at the university of mississippi medical center thanks for listening to the southern remedy healthy and fit podcast if you have a question you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hey, this is Malcolm White. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week we talk with visual artists, musicians, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me today is Dr. Fiona Lewis, and we've been talking fruits and veggies today and about how absolutely important they are to add into your diet. Uh, If you have a question or a comment for us, now's the perfect time to do that. We're in the last segment of the show and we would love to talk with you our number is 1-877-MPB-RING you can hop over to my Facebook page Healthy Habits with Josie and interact with me there and you can always send those messages guys not just when we're broadcasting you can send them anytime and I will be happy to answer them and feature them on an upcoming show so going to one of those messages that I have gotten it asks about the sugar and fruit and so this message says I keep hearing that I'm supposed to eat fruit, but I thought fruit had too much sugar. I'm so confused. Help. So help this poor person, Dr. Lewis, tell them about fruit. Sure. Well, let me make my case for fruit. So um, I'll do it in comparison to the refined sugars that we're talking about that fruit is often, the, fruit, the sugar and fruit is often compared to. So fruit has fructose and glucose. Um, those are the two major uh, sugars in it. Fruit also has vitamins and minerals. Some of the vitamins and minerals we just talked about. Fruit also has 
fiber and um, some water content. So fruit will be, in terms of the sugar, it doesn't only come with sugar. It comes packaged with vitamins, minerals, and fiber. Um, and of course, the vitamins and minerals are nutrients that we need for important body functions, the fiber we need to go to the bathroom, the fiber we also need to help prevent cancer, uh, colon cancer and all those other things, help to keep us full longer. Um, but then in comparison to the refined sugars, which is like table sugar or the, the high fructose corn um, syrup that we find in, in desserts, um, number one, those are addictive. Number two, they have calories just like the, 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 um, the fruit, but they, um, there's no vitamins, there's no minerals, there's hardly any fiber, if at all any. So what will happen is, is that sugar is digested really quickly in our body. Um, there's spikes in our blood sugar, then our blood sugar crashes. Um, a lot of times that kind of sugar will come packaged with um, sodium and fat. So why we need to eat fruit? Because we do need some uh, fructose and glucose, um, natural sugars for our bodies, body function, give the body energy. Uh, we do need the vitamins and minerals in the fruit, and we do need the fiber from the fruit. So um, if I were going to choose where I get the, the glucose and the fructose that I eat from, I would choose it from fruit because it comes as, as a whole package, as opposed to the other kinds of refined uh, sources of sugar. Absolutely. So, you know, I am of the same stance. Imagine that. Um, that fruit, uh, we have to think about foods not in terms of their individual, um, in terms of one individual component right. of it. You know, um, we tend to think about meat as protein, right? right. And there's right. absolutely protein in meat, but there's also some other things in there that we right. may not need, right? Depending on the cut of meat and that and that kind of thing you know, saturated fat and cholesterol and that kind of stuff. And then fruit, there's absolutely sugar in there, but there's other things that we need as well. In particular, that fiber that you talked about, um, you know, Americans in general are just woefully deficient in fiber. Um, you know, the average American has about 11 to 14 grams of fiber a day, which is not coming close to, to cutting it uh, when we need at least 25 um, to about 35 grams of fiber a day. And so fruit is one of those ways we can add that in there if we're choosing whole fruits, not fruit juices. Yeah. And so, you know, we've really got got to be careful um, about our messaging and that, you know, we, we talk about the nutrient package and not just one component of, of things. Yeah. And then we don't add sugars to our fruit. Right. So if we're going to have something that is already sweet, then we don't necessarily need to to dip it in sugar or dip it in caramel or, or, or those kinds of things that that we see fruits fruits happen with. You know, maybe we dip it in a yogurt uh, instead um, or some peanut butter or something like that. that yeah. That's not going to have um, added sugars added in on top of there. Um we just have to, to get a little bit creative when we come to that. But it's it's not something that. Uh, we shy away from, you know, one thing that I hear a lot is, well, that one's going to run my blood sugar up. And so we, you, you know, different people react different, differently, to different fruits. Right. I will say that there right. are some people who they will just shoot up. Um, but so we tend to think about things like the glycemic index, which yeah. is, um, you know, um, you can find a, a handout on that that has 
you know, what the glycemic index of foods are. And so something like watermelon would um, be, a, you know, a, a kind of high glycemic index, yeah. meaning it's going to cause a, a rise in blood sugar sooner than some of the other fruits. But we also have to look at the glycemic load, which is, is a different metric that is actually taking into account the nutrient package that we just talked right. about, that there's fiber and vitamins and minerals and all that other stuff in there. And when you look at the glycemic load of watermelon, it's actually considered a low glycemic load food right. with only about 12 carbs per cup. And so you, you cannot eat a cookie for 12 carbs. So <laughs> not even just one little tiny cookie and right. one little cookie makes me mad and you can get a whole cup of watermelon. So, um, there, there's my stance on fruit. Kevin, do we have a caller on the line? Yeah, we've got uh, Craig from Biloxi. All right. Craig from Biloxi. How can we help you today? Hey, good morning. Uh, I'm interested in the uh, pros and cons of the juicer machine. And and what are the good parts and bad parts about that? The frozen juice machine. Well, a any juicers. I mean, like um, I gotcha. remember Jack L Jack Lalene lived to like ninety seven, I think, or, and he had an enzyme. <laughs> yes, he did. So juicing, which that's a perfect tie-in to what we just talked about. Fiona, yeah. talk to me about even fresh pressed juice. Tell me about that. My only thing with juicing would be if uh, you get a juicer that actually includes the pulp. Yes. Um, that would be that would be my simplest answer. Just get a juicer that includes the pulp so that you can have the fiber. Because when you separate the pulp from the juice, yes, you'll get all the vitamins and minerals um, in in your juice. You know, depending on what you put in the juicer, but you're missing the fiber, and the fiber is just as important as the vitamins and minerals. So you pretty much take a, a whole fruit or vegetable and then you kind of split it you know when you do the juicer with, that doesn't include the fiber so that's my short answer on that one yeah absolutely and there's actually i just had a study pulled up on my computer looking at it and it was men and women who drank one or more serving of fruit juice each day experienced a higher risk of developing type 2 diabetes by as much as 21 percent Mm. Whereas if they ate at least two servings of whole fruits, like blueberries and apples and all right. that kind of stuff, their risk for type two was decreased by about 23% um, compared to people who ate less than one serving a month. So really that the pulp and that fiber is the commonality between those two things and that we want to make sure we have the fiber in there. So, um, so I agree that the juicer that allows you to at least add the pulp back in um, is, is the way to go there. Okay, or a blender. You could probably throw everything yes. into a blender then. Yes. So Perfect. smoothies are usually my preference if I'm going to drink my fruit right. um, to do a smoothie because I can puree the whole um, the whole fruit and have the whole the whole thing in there. The only deal with that is we do tend to consume more calories when we drink them um, because we don't have to chew. Sure. And we don't have to slow down. We can right. just right. slurp it up. Um, so, you know, still make sure if you're, you know, doing a smoothie, I do smoothie bowls more mm -hmm. than I do smoothies with a straw because that just slows me down a little bit, um, as well as taking a, a bite and then putting my spoon down. Um, and, you know, just, just giving myself a little bit more time to enjoy those delicious fruits and vegetables there. Yeah. So I hope that helped you a little bit out there. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you so much for giving us a call. All right, Fiona, any um, kind of wrapping up remarks about delicious fruits and vegetables that we should be knowing about? Um, I would just say go have it. And since this is the summer, you know, we have and we have kids at home, do some popsicles, um, dips, grill them, 
raw with a dip, crumb in a crumble, like a blueberry crumble or an apple crumble, and some sauces on the as toppings on our um, ice cream or um, some sort of uh, dish that's appropriate. So just try them in a variety of ways, you know. Um, wraps, nice veg wrap that includes a variety of vegetables. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. If you're a parent on the go, but still want to stay informed about your children's education, subscribe to Mississippi Education Connections podcast and listen on the go anytime, anywhere on your favorite podcast app.